0: Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Wojcik here with the record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin as we got a lot of playoff action to talk about. So uh, as always, we've got a jam-packed episode. Just a quick reminder before we jump in uh, to all the sports in this week's episode is that uh you can uh, catch the podcast anywhere that podcasts are available uh apple itunes spotify android wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you are looking for us and subscribing and spread the word when you're at your supporting events as well we always appreciate um all the insight and in spreading the word and uh, listen to old episodes as well there's some good stuff um each and every week and uh so this week we're going to do um, our usual four quarter format. We haven't really veered away from the four quarter format in a hot in a hot second. So uh, um, in the first quarter we are going to recap state swimming. We've got some champions amongst us in the North Shore, and we'll also talk about a historic uh, girls wrestling uh, accomplishment in the first quarter. In the second quarter we are joined by Nutria boys basketball player Noah Shen, and the third quarter we play way or no way. And then the fourth quarter, we've got full-on basketball, where we recap um, the Loyola Girls basketball uh, super sectional, and we preview and recap Nutriere boys basketball um, as they march on here in the playoffs. But um, why don't we start things off here with some swimming and diving. Um, we previewed it in last week's episode, and uh, we're going to just dive right in and um where uh, we talked about whether Loyola's relay team or whether we thought that um, a Loyola relay or a Loyola individual would have a chance to uh, um, finish first and, uh, you know, win a championship. And uh, that's exactly what happened for uh, Loyola's um, team where Loyola's relay um, 400-yard freestyle won a state championship on Saturday at the FMC. Natatorium in West and Joe. Um, this team, this relay team specifically, kind of put it together and um, just really uh, really uh, made the most of their uh, effort and made the most of their opportunity to win, win the state title.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty special swim. Um, and to end the meet, that's got to be so much dang fun, you know, to end a meet in that fa- fashion, to end your year in that fashion, you know, first. I mean, you're the last man standing basically the last knee of the season. That's awesome. Um, so good on those guys. Um, shout out to their names. Uh, we got, um, Lachlan, Andrew, PJ Spagnolo. Um, I'm going to miss Demetrius's name, but Demetrius and, uh, um, Andy Kelly and Andy Kelly, uh, what a meet for him. So in that final 400 free relay, um, it looked to me, and, and I'm not um, a swimming savant or anything, but uh, it looked like they had too much ground to make up for 100 meet, for 100 yards. Uh, I thought that uh, they fell a little too far behind for Andy, but man, he swam that 100, and I believe I wrote uh, under 50 seconds. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but his time would have been would have been a state championship in the 100 yard free swim you know that's how fast he was swimming and then earlier in the 200 free relay he swam in in under 20 seconds the fifth his 50 which would also would have been so he had an unbelievable um his his uh anchors for both those relays were remarkable and actually the 200 free relay team which also has spagnolo um andrew and kelly finished like 0.03 off the pace of the champion so they took seconds so a little revenge there too in the 400 and just so cool uh, for them to do that. Just great swims by all four of those guys uh, to to win a state title.
0: And it's really interesting. Uh, um, I know you mentioned in the story that Kelly and Andrew Spagnolo um, probably had a really good chance of uh, scoring well in individual events, but um, Coach Holligman for Loyola said he wanted to prioritize Loyola's relays and um, really needed his seniors to embrace that strategy. And that, that was that's really interesting where you put uh, the team over yourself, or I guess you um, put yourself having a better chance, I guess, of winning a relay as opposed to competing in an individual event.
1: Yeah. I think that's really cool too, because, um, I think it was pretty clear that Kelly and Andrew and spagnolo you put those guys in, in other meet in other events and they are medalists, um, probably, or if not state qualifiers at the very least in some individual events. Uh, and you know, they proved it in their one, I think, um, Um, Andrew was uh, a medalist in the 50 free and Kelly in the hundred backstroke. So, um, put them in other events and they do the same. It's just, you know, a lot of swim teams, at least I've noticed through the years, the common strategy is, you know, take your best swimmer, you know, they do, you can only do four events. So two of individual events and two relays, and you kind of work the Tetris with that to make your best team score. Uh, to do three relays, three different of your best swimmers to do all three, all three of the relays is pretty special. Um, and I think that's, you know, coach Hangelman talked about how they had to, you know, when he pitched that he had to basically sell them on it and they all bought in and that's um, kind of given up a lot of your, your, uh, your glory. Um, and, you know, um, it's important for the team and um, that's what they thought was best. And they did it. So yes, it was a very cool storyline there.
0: Uh, Loyola finished fifth, fourth at the as a team with eighty four point five points. Stevenson won the state championship one sixty seven. Hinsdale Central finished second at one seventeen point five. Lions Township rounded up the top three with ninety nine points, and Nutrier finished uh, fifth with uh, sixty two points. Um, Nutria, uh qualifying um, all tw- uh, entries into all twelve events into the state finals. Um, Trevians took fifth in the 200 uh, medley relay, fifth in the 400 relay, and 10th uh, in the 200 free relay. Um, so, some really strong performances and a relay teams and individual for or um, Joe. Just uh, they weren't really able to capitalize in, uh, y- you know, getting those top finishes to kind of help them finish higher um, as a team.
1: Yeah. And this was, you know, it's a very good team. Um, neutrier was this year. They won most of their duels. They lost to Stevenson who dominated the meet, by the way. And uh, it's just, you know, you expect New Trier in the top three, if not, you know, the champ they've done that. They've proven that year after year, but this has been a progression as, as you know, I talked to coach about, you know, this squad has gone from 18th, you know, to 10th in, in talking about the state meet. Then we had um, last year where it was canceled and then, um, we went to fit. So a pretty great progression for them. And they, there's more to come here. So we only got, um, I, I believe coach said out of the 12 individuals that were there, nine are coming back, um, or something like that. So, um, we're going to see some, some pretty impressive stuff. So, you know, uh, some of the individuals that were there, Aiden music, uh, um, Wilson Ward I'm sorry other way around Ward Wilson um, Graham Wilson all these guys are coming back and uh, gonna um, score for them at next year's state meeting throughout so they just got to get faster and they will Newtrier's got a track record of of getting the you know the most out of those guys by the time they get up in there to upperclassmen so uh, we're gonna we're not the end we've seen of these guys um, at all um, and fifth place finish is nothing to sneeze at we just you know everything's relative, so. I think Coach talked about they were a little disappointed not to finish in that top three, but um, they're going to get there, it seems, and um, really kind of a a special meet for Stevenson, Hinsdale Central, um, and that group.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, congrats to all of them um, on a great season, and congrats to the Ramblers as well, just finishing the season, um, literally finishing the season with the state championship. So um, congrats to them on that front. Um, we're gonna jump on over now to uh girls wrestling real quick before we head on over to the second quarter where um we had the first ever IHSA sanctioned uh girls individual state tournament down in Bloomington this past weekend. Um I was there for that and it was a really cool um just really cool to watch all that and um watch the first ever uh state tournament take place and um hopefully uh the tournament grows more and more as more girls wrestlers get into um just get into the sport and um, hopefully uh, a lot of the girls said that they want the state tournament to take place in Champagne, like uh, the boys tournament does so hopefully that continues mm-hmm. to grow and this was the right first step but um, Loyola um, may had a historic uh, finish obviously with uh, freshman Harley Hiller um, finishing third at the 105 bracket um, obviously with the first state tournament becoming the first ever um, girls placer in uh, Loyola program history. Um, she finished a season with a 22-5 and five record, Joe. And um, we've talked about Hiller a little bit much, but a little bit uh, this season and uh, um, uh, just to be able to accomplish what she's been able to accomplish as a, as a freshman. Um, really cool moment for the program and for her and really just motivating for her to move forward as she starts her career with a third place finish at her first uh, state tournament.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, and we're talking about history. Um, really just what a, what a special um, state series and um, kind of evolution of girls wrestling. Um, I guess the inaugural season um, with IHSA, at least uh, pretty cool stuff. And a lot of programs really embraced it and went for it. Um, and uh, Harley is a freshman, and she uh, really dominated her weight class most of the year, ran up against an undefeated wrestler in the title match. But I think she had three pins leading up to that, I believe. Um, and then she, um, I think she lost by a decision, correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, cool stuff. Um, she's, uh, you know, this sport's going to grow. And um, it's cool to be at the front end of it and see it. And congrats to Harley on making history.
0: Yeah, Harley won her first uh matchup by fall. Her set her uh she won um her quarterfinal matchup by technical fall. She fell to the eventual um state champion Gra- Gabriela Gomez uh in a five to three um decision in the semifinals and then won her um oh, third that's place match. Yeah, he she won her third place match um with a pin. So uh congrats to her on a great season, obviously being able to uh, put together um, what she was able to do and uh, a lot of history this season. And hopefully we see more Nutri and uh, Loyola wrestlers as as well as more uh, girls wrestlers as the sport really uh, takes its footing now um, as it uh, completed its first season. But congrats to all the wrestlers who competed in uh, the first IHSA-sanctioned tournament. So that's everything we've got for this week's uh, first uh, period or quarter, whatever you want to call it. And now let's jump on over to the second quarter where we are joined by New Trier boys basketball player Noah Shin. He uh, helped lead the way uh, for New Trier on Wednesday night um, as New Trier took down rolling medals to advance to the sectional final match against Glenbrook South on Friday night. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Noah after New Trier's win on Wednesday night. So what are the folks at home going to hear?
1: Yeah, so we're kind of sandbagging this uh, <laughs> this podcast a little bit by waiting until the fourth quarter to talk basketball. But Noah's going to give you a little sneak peek. New, new Trier one on, on Wednesday night in just a complete, you know, domination of a very good Rolling Meadows team. And Noah Shannon, uh, you know, went off in the first half. Um, he uh, made all his field goals, uh, including four three pointers in the first half. Twenty-four points. So he talks about how he's able to do that. He talks about how the defense was able to hold down a very potent. Uh, Rolling Meadows team and uh, what to look forward to or what they have to do Friday night against uh, Glenbrook South.
0: All right, let's take a
1: listen. Uh, wow, first half. Uh, when, do you, when, when you're in a kind of feeling it mode, when, do you, when did you know it tonight? When did you know it felt pretty
2: good? Um, warm ups, it started, I got shots up before the game, so it wasn't feeling great then. And then we got uh, shots up at our walkthrough today, so it started feeling better. And then warm ups. Uh, it was still okay, and then after I took the first shot in the game, they left me wide open. and I just started feeling it then. It's kind of I felt kind of disrespected uh, them just camp- camping in the paint, leaving me wide open. So I knew I had to make a couple shots.
1: What was their defensive strategy then? Is it just to kind of limit Monroe and then leave you guys? Yeah. So basically,
2: they have their big guy who's who's really good. He just he just sits in the paint, and I mean it's hard to get a a paint shot up over him, and if. If whoever he's guarding can't shoot threes, it's going to be really hard for us to score. So that was the strategy that they had last time, and it worked. We just didn't hit shots, but this time, we hit shots down the stretch, and it's harder for them to guard. I mean,
1: 24 in the first half. Uh, I don't know what to say. What, I mean, that, what does that sound like to you? That's crazy. I know, That's a great half.
2: It was, it was unreal. I wasn't really thinking about it until like we came into the locker room and someone mentioned it to me. I just wanted to, to, to play hard. I really wanted to win. It didn't really matter how how it got done. I just. Our goal is to go downstate. It doesn't matter how we do
1: that. Okay. And, yeah, you know, I just asked Coach about that. You got GBS round three. Um, you guys know each other. And now what's what's going to be the difference on, on Friday night?
2: We're going to really have to work hard to, to shut down Cooper and Nick. I mean, we've been playing against those guys since fifth grade. And, I mean, they are, they're really good basketball players. And you can guard them all you want, but you're going to have to do something different because they can take basically anyone one-on-one.
1: I didn't. You spent a lot of time tonight on Christie. What was the key for you and the team shutting him down?
2: I mean, I think we did give up a a good amount of shots to him. He got a couple open looks. I think we we did speed him up sometimes, but for the most part, I think uh, he did a really good job against us. We just uh, got lucky on a couple, and then on a a couple other ones, we did a really good job. Jackson did a good job, especially switching out hard and not letting him shoot off the screen, forcing him to take dribble pull-ups and floaters.
0: Thanks so much, Noah, for joining us. And thank you as always to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. We always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's jump on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. Uh, Joe and I bicker and argue, but mostly agree, it seems like, about uh, five propositions that I throw out there. And uh, we talk about it and debate it and say whether that proposition way can happen or is true or no way um, is not true. And we're going to Um, stick with, uh, girls basketball. We'll talk about it more in in the fourth quarter, but, um, Loyola girls basketball season came to an end, um, in, uh, this super sectional matchup against, uh, Stevenson. Um, so way or no way, Joe, that this, uh, Loyola girls basketball team was one of the best in program history. I mean, way. Um,
1: can't say the best. Um, Nutria has some, or I'm sorry, Loyola has state champions in there, um, back to back in the early 2000s, I believe. Um, they've also had a couple other 30 win teams, and 2012 was, you know, late 20 win team, but they went down state. Um, so, uh, you know, not the best, but among the best, you got to give it to them. I mean, 31 wins, uh, versus, <clears throat> um, Versus three losses, uh, four losses. Um, it's it was just a very good team, and I, I I'm still in awe that they did all this. Basically, starting five guards. I mean, that's what they did. They, all those girls, while they you know defended on the post and sometimes um, you know played in the middle of the paint on offense, they those were five guards. Um, so um, pretty pretty impressive what they did on both ends of the floor to get to where they got.
0: Yeah, it was definitely very cool. I, I, I think I'll agree with you and say way. I don't think it's the best team of all time, obviously not a state champion and um, didn't make it a state. And um, I think I, I, I would really be interested to see how this year's team would do against last year's team. If there's a way for you to physically make that happen or time machine or whatever. But um, I, I think that this was one of the better teams, especially for how like little we knew about this team. I think we talked at the beginning of the season about how much, uh, we know that Loyola is a very talented program and Loyola has a very talented coach and the players are usually really, really talented, but we just, we weren't sure um, what they were going to be able to do this season. And um, just to put together the season that they had and to make it all the way to the super sectional and lose to Stevenson by four points. I mean, um, that's nothing to look down upon. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think I agree with you way. Um, they are one of the best uh, teams and LA girls, uh, basketball, uh, program history. All right. Uh, let's go on Move over to our second question here. We're going to jump back into swimming. Um, way or no way, uh, after Loyola finished fourth place at this state, uh, championships, way or no way that this Loyola boys basketball or boys swimming team, uh, mm-hmm. overachieved. No, no, not
1: overachieved. I think they got what they, they are who we thought they were um you know they're they're maybe a small group um i mean they only had competed in five events and they finished fourth in the state i mean that's that's ridiculous that's uh just talks to the level of talent of those five um five entrants um you know to those five events so uh pretty cool stuff i think you know you asked them you know they're they're they thought they were state champs and probably two events. So actually they missed, they got second in one of them. Um, maybe they think they underachieved a little bit by losing by 0.03 um, in the 203 relay. I think uh, they're very fast. Um, Andy Kelly proved he's one of the best, if not the best relay swimmers in the state. So um, I'll say, no, they didn't overachieve.
0: Yeah, I think I'll agree with you. I don't think they overachieved. I think they had the talent and they had a lot of, uh, um great performances that uh took place so uh um yeah no way i don't think that they uh, overachieved all right um new Trier plays glenbrook south for the boys basketball sectional championship um probably two of the best what five teams in the state heading up facing off against each other in the sectional i mean um could talk and i just- Say obviously I know we save that for the um, save that for the summer but uh, way or no way that Friday will be the biggest game in new Trier boys basketball history
1: whoa uh, well that's no um, new Trier has a very rich basketball history um, it's one of the biggest games in the past you know decade 10 15 years I mean ten years ago they played a super sectional against um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it here um, yeah, Jabari Parker's team and Kendrick Nunn's Simeon team, uh, which was a huge game. Now they were overmatched. Simeon won four straight titles with Jabari, so uh, you know maybe not. But this is the closest. This is to go down state. No, it's not. It's to win the sectional. Uh, big rival round three. It's there's a lot of drama, but it's not their biggest. I mean, New Trier's got um, one of the biggest. You know, uh, they used to have a rivalry with Marshall. Uh, that was the subject of a documentary. That, I mean, they've got a rich basketball history for sure. Um, so, not the biggest game in history, uh, but it is a big one, and it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's definitely the biggest game of the past ten or fifteen years. But, um, like you mentioned, a lot of a lot of great basketball rivalries with teams from the city and um, all that sort of stuff. So. Friday is probably going to be the biggest, yeah, I think Friday's probably the biggest game since that game that you were talking about 15 years ago, but um, the biggest in uh, New uh, boys basketball history. Um, I'm going to have to go with no way on that one. All right. Uh, way or no way, Joe Loyola boys basketball ended its season in the regional semifinals. Um, way or no way that this Loyola boys basketball team will have a better season next year?
1: Yes, I think way. Um, they had a good season though. Let's not, let's not, you know, uh, put anything on them, um, any shade on them because you know, I think they finished around 20 and 12. They did get their 20th win, they were very proud of that. Uh, for a very undersized team again, similar to the girls' team, they didn't have a center on this team, they had a a few forwards, but mostly guards, a lot of shooters. Um, but uh, you know, some of their best players I don't want to say the best, but definitely among their best were their junior point guard and their sophomore. Uh, wing and Miles Boylan, uh, Alex Engro and Miles My- Bullen, uh, who will come back um, and they'll lead the squad next year and they can score the basketball. Um, and uh, I think they got some guys uh, that are waiting to uh, to get on the floor that are going to be talented. Um, so I think Loyola's got bit some some good things ahead. But I think this year uh, they did some really special things, beat some good teams with just kind of that that grit and guts that we come to expect from them. Um And, uh, so, um, I think they will be better that next year though. So I'll say way.
0: Um, yeah, I'm going to agree that, or I'm going to continue the trend of agreeing with you and say, uh, way that, uh, um, I think they will have a better season. I think this year only helped them, um, and only is going to propel them moving forward. I think not, not that a 20 year season is a down year, but I think we've recently seen this Loyola team really compete well, um, put some really strong teams together. So. Um, if a 20-win uh, season is, uh, is a down year for Loyal, then the program's in a really good position right now. But, um, yeah, I do agree that way. I think that uh, next season, um, with all the experience and some lumps that they took this year, um, I think the Ramblers will be better uh, off because of it. All right, final way or no way. Um, way or no way, Joe, is the winter-spring sports season the best sports season? The
1: winter-spring?
0: Uh, the winter sports season. A oh, winter. no
1: um it's just not there's not enough sports i can't believe i just said that um but obviously you got to play indoor um so we got you know swimming and and basketball and basketball gives it plenty of weight uh, and wrestling and um some others but uh you just most of the sports are concentrated in the spring and the fall if you made me choose um I'm probably going to say fall because of football, volleyball, soccer combo. Um, Love those three. Um, I've got a soft spot for volleyball, of course, and football's um, huge. Um, So I'm probably going to go that route. But spring's great with, you know, outdoors, baseball and softball. You also get volleyball and soccer. Um, Hoops are probably my favorite, but there's just not enough complementing it around to make it the best. Uh, but you do get to stay indoors, which is nice. Other than now, we got to go outdoors, Mike, for uh, some some lovely March and Sprint and April action, which uh, nobody enjoys. But uh, uh, I will say, no way.
0: Yeah, nothing better than a good uh, forty-degree baseball game. Nothing really, <laughs> uh, nothing really gets you really going excited for the summer than a forty-degree baseball or softball game. Um, or even a a late night uh, girls soccer game where it's 39 degrees. But um, I'm going to have to go with, um, yeah, no way that the winter is the best sports season. I think it's very heavily carried by basketball. Um, I think obviously for a lot of people, boys and girls, basketball is probably their second favorite high school sport. if not their favorite. I think uh, if I had to do a power ranking, I honestly think I would have the winter um, above the spring. I think the spring is too there's too much going on in the spring where it's hard for you to focus on all the sports. So if I had to do a power rankings, I'd probably do do chronological chronological order of uh, um, fall, winter, and spring. I just think the fall with, I think with football, I mean, just football is just such a fun time. It gets you, after after a fun summer, you're kind of excited for the fall and you're excited for football season. And like you mentioned, you get some great uh, girls' volleyball and boys' soccer happening as well, as well as some cross country, some golf as well. So, um, yeah, no way that winter is the best sports season. Um, and I would probably agree with you. and put uh, I put uh, the fall probably at the top of my power rankings when it comes to uh the sports seasons all right that's everything we've got for this week's episode or uh this week's version i keep on wanting to end the podcast for some reason early December, <laughs> this week. i don't know why
1: um
0: this uh week's version of way or no way let's move on over now to the fourth quarter um where we got bot- basketball heavy uh content for you folks um so let's start off with loyola girls basketball like we mentioned earlier in the third quarter um the Loyola girls basketball season came to an end um, in a super sectional round against the tough Stevenson team, 36 to 32. Um, Stevenson was able to pull it off. And um, Joe, I, I just keeping up with your, um, keeping up with your uh, uh, tweets as I was following along from uh, De La Salle. Um, it seemed like Loyola held the lead for the majority of the game, but um, just toward the fourth quarter, it seemed like uh, Loyola just just, shots weren't falling when they needed them to fall and um, Stevenson took advantage and uh, is advancing down the state.
1: Yeah I mean it's a tough one to describe because I think you know Loyola might even though the incredible season you know sexual championship I think when they think about that game they'll see an opportunity um, there was an opportunity for victory um, right in front of them. Um, I think their defense did everything in their power um, and played played the game they wanted to play to give them the chance or the, you know, you should win. You hold Stevenson to 30, I believe it was 36, 32, to 36 points. I mean, that's a victory um, right there. And they only put up 32, and I really don't think – Stevenson's defense played well, don't get me wrong. But they also gave up some open shots. I think um, Loyola probably, uh, especially down the stretch, they had some really nice looks in the paint. Um open threes from a number one one three that fell that was called a travel which was not a travel I, I'm surprised you know maybe I'm wrong I'd like to see the tape but it was more of a gather step as she was receiving the ball in my opinion um, and that would have tied the game late um, so I thought that was controversial uh, maybe not um, things move fast so if I saw the tape I could be wrong but um, some other shots really close in really nice looks um, that they they Earned because of their ball movement um, didn't fall. And what are you going to do? It happens in basketball. It happens in all sports. You know, you, opportunities are in front of you and you just don't execute. Um, but uh, that's what it came down to. Stevenson's a very good team. These are 30-win ball clubs. Stevenson's been ranked near the top or at the top all year long. Um, and they're, they're part of the state's final four. It's no nothing to sneeze at to be part of the state's final eight. Um, for Loyola, but uh, I, I do think that the laments some things with, with holding Stevenson under 40 and losing.
0: What, well, I, I, I'm sure, I mean, it was just sadness and tears after a, a, a tough game like that, but what was just the general consensus from Loyola and uh, coach Schoenker about just what they were able to accomplish this season and um, what, what just really happened in that game?
1: Yeah. F- from, we'll start with what happened in that game. I think, you know, they, I talked to coach and I talked to their their senior leader, um, Angelina Giordano, and they they both kind of said that, you know execution shots didn't fall you know down the stretch. Also, um, they fouled um, Ava um, Bardick, who's Stevenson's best free throw shooter, or Mike. She's a very good free throw shooter, and she sank four or five. Um, you know you're going to follow her. You want to follow somebody else. You just do. And, and they foul her three straight times. So um, good on Stevenson for getting her the ball. That was obviously their goal too. So um, that was just an out execution by Stevenson down the stretch. And uh, so I think they, they know that they had the shots and if they fell, it would have been, um, it would have been, you know, they given themselves a better chance, if not a victory um, in terms of the season, you know, something that Gio Dono talked about, which I didn't really think about because um, the word underdog. Um, it's hard to think of of Loyola Academy, who's a consistent 20 win program, if not more 25 win, um, to be an underdog. Um, but that's the role they took. I think a lot of people didn't think they were coming back with much after graduating the five seniors, yada, yada, that we've talked about that are all playing college ball. Um, but they came back, you know, with a ton and they beat Stevenson, like right off the gate, um, in, in the opening tournament. So they, they kind of, cemented their spot that they're for real. And they just kept winning and winning and winning and brought along the underclassmen, um, along the way. Um, I'm talking about like Paige angles and their point guard, Kelsey Langston, um, and the, and the others just kind of, um, they formed a really good unit is what they did. And it's, it's five guards you have to. So I think they're very proud of what they did. Um, they took on that underdog role. They were all you know, they're five starters. They didn't play many people. Um, Really, it's the five starters until they get in foul trouble or maybe get um, need a rest. But really, they play most of the game and uh, really hyper athletic five guards. And that's what they did. And there's nothing to take away from it. I think they know that.
0: What so what are your final thoughts about this Loyola team? And just I know we're a year away now from the next year's version of this team. But just what what is the future? To look like for this program after a uh, um, another accomplished season like this year.
1: Uh, I think we're going to see a pretty special program or this kind of rollover into next year. I think you know you come back with a returning point guard is always a good thing. And Paige Engels, uh, who's kind of like a um, just a creative scorer and a feisty defender, I think she's going to be a centerpiece next year. And then they're going to bring some girls off the bench. You know they've got. They didn't have any height this year. They've got some height on their benches, juniors and sophomores coming up. So I think they might be able to actually get some post um, post work and, and work the high low like they did in 20, uh, 2021. Um, and so I think th- they'll be fine next year. They got, they got a good start um, and they, some of those girls can really shoot too. So a uh, great, lot of fun to watch. Uh, I love watching a team that plays team ball like that and plays just you know, I I get frustrating watching it as a guy who likes to shoot. I'm just like, how, how, how can you against this defense? Just very feisty, tenacious. It was a fun team to follow.
0: Yeah, it was uh, really fun to follow them, especially for just how unexpected and how much we didn't really know about this year's team. So um, congratulations to the Ramblers on a great season. And hopefully uh, um, a lot of them will come back next season and continue uh, what they've been doing in the recent years. But Um, let's move on over now to, uh, boys basketball, um, where, like we mentioned earlier, we've got a huge matchup on Friday. Um, but let's talk about how they got to this matchup, uh, first for Nutriere. Um, won its, uh, regional title on Friday night against, uh, Conant, um, Loyola lost in that game. So, um, took care of business there and, uh, won, um, a regional title um, in that matchup um, with a uh, 56 to 33 win over the 10 seed Conan from Hoffman Estates, and then on um, on uh, Wednesday night, so we actually uh, are recording this on Thursday. Um, Nutria handled Rolling Meadows much better than they did in their first time around, um, just dominating the game in a 72 to 40 um, win over Rolling Meadows. Um, Joe and three. Playoff matchups 59 to 21, 56 to 33, and 72 to 40. Um, Nutrier has not struggled at all with scoring, and defense seems to be on point. It just seems like, um, Nutrier is really hitting his stride right now. Uh, yeah,
1: a little bit. I mean, they put a running clock on Rolling Meadows, like they put a running clock in a sectional semifinal. That's bananas. Uh, that shouldn't happen, and and I don't think it would happen. And most times those teams met. I just think, uh, you know, a lot of things went right for Nutrier and wrong for Rolling Meadows. But what an unbelievable performance it was last night. That's the two-versus-three seed in the sectional. And, um, yeah, nutrier just looked really good. And they kind of, you know, I think they kind of out-game-planned out, out game planned Rolling Meadows a little bit. You know, they knew each other from a previous matchup, and, you know, nutrier was ready for what, Rolling Meadows was going to bring out defense and that was uh, keeping the ball away from Fegan and clogging the paint so they couldn't get looks in the paint. Um, but what that did was not only did it give open looks um, to Nutrier shooters, it, it allowed the space for Nutrier to work. Um, you know, a lot of air on the court like that. And Nutriers, not only are they good shooters and athletic, they're, they're athletic. Um, they can move the basketball in space. They've got, uh, a couple ball handlers and they can whip the ball around the court. And that just gave them a lot of space to work. And they got to the rim because of that. Um, because, you know, when you do that, um, when there's that much space on the court, you're whipping the ball around you, you shot fake, you loosen up that defense and then you got Noah Shannon open in the middle of the court. Um, you got him open for three. Um, and, you know, once that starts happening, the whole defense has to rotate. And then you got Monroe open all of a sudden in the, in the, in the paint. So, they were able to kind of keep that defense off balance all night. And then it doesn't hurt. Of course, when Noah Shannon does not miss, literally did not miss um, two, he started with two uh, baskets in transition lay-ins, um, And then he had three straight three pointers that just uh, took all the air out of rolling meadows. And then it felt like they maybe panicked a little bit, but a lot of their, a lot of their offenses through Thomas and um, of course, Cam Christie, and they just, weren't hitting contested looks. They couldn't get anything clean. And then they weren't hitting those contested looks and Nutrier would rebound and, and you know get out on the run. So the it just kept getting worse for rolling meadows. Um they didn't score neutrier did. It just kept happening. Um they didn't give up shots to Noah Shannon. Josh Kirkpatrick hit a few. Um they didn't pop out on Jackson Monroe because um, they wanted to clog the paint. He just hit a three and <laughs> so when a nine guy can do that you're in trouble and everything kind of went right and um, they got the looks that they wanted and they hit them it was a very very impressive showing for a sectional semifinal
0: all right so looking ahead of this sectional final <clears throat> um it's I, I i i we can get into a whole should you be doing the whole structure of it all and that sort of stuff when it comes to brackets and playoffs and that kind of stuff where i feel like this matchup should be happening later and i understand that Logistically, it probably can happen later, unless you would put GBS in the. um, We GBS obviously would have to host its own sectional, but like if if you're looking ahead, the the winner of this team either plays Barrington or Libertyville, and I think we would both agree that both GBS and Nutria are better than both of those teams. Um, So whether you would probably can really make the argument that this should probably be a super sectional matchup at the earliest and if not a state semifinal matchup but um obviously that gets into a whole locality and all that kind of stuff when it comes to how you do the playoffs when it comes to high school sports but um third time we'll see gbs and Nutrier, uh face off against each other you figure the winner of this game is most likely heading down um to champagne for the state semifinals so um a lot of riding with this game joe these teams are very familiar with each other not only Um, with their two matchups this year, but um, these iterations of these teams have kind of been around for the last couple of years. And um, on Friday, I mean, they're just going to be playing for it all and essentially playing for a chance to not, not to look ahead, but you've got a really good chance of heading down to state if you're able to win Friday's game.
1: Yeah, you do. Um, And I think they know that, but at this point in the season, um, it is really about um, you got to play the game in front of you because even, you know, Obviously, Glenbrook South is a good team. They know that. But it's not like Barrington or Libertyville um, are bad teams. They're good teams. Right. The Nutrier yeah. and Glebe Givas G- are better, but they got to bring it um, against those teams. So, but I mean, t- 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 just a b- brief commentary on your point. It's it's always like been like this in IHSA, and I don't like it, and I never have. I mean, we're down to 16 teams here. Why not just reseed them now? Why not say, okay, once we get to 16, you know, kind of do away with sectional championships call it something else whatever you want to call it as a championship but why do we have to say i mean two other you know what if glenbard i can't even the you know glenbard north is obviously um what if glenbard north was the second best team in the state so now they got to play glenbard west early like that might, doesn't make any sense same with nutria like they're they're two of the top five teams in 4a i'm You know, more certain of that than anything. any of these rankings that put Nutrier at like nine or ten are ridiculous. Nutrier has proven itself time and time again. um, And just because it had a bad loss to to Evanston, it got dropped. But anyway, two of the best teams. They're both state championship caliber teams. I mean, you know, I talked to Coach about that a little yesterday, um, and we didn't get into it too much because what's the point? But eventually something should change here. Eventually the IHSA has to say, okay. Uh, this is, we need to see these teams in a championship. We need to bring rivals, local rivals to Champaign or wherever the the title game is going to be held that whenever that year is like, people need to see that kind of stuff. I, I can't, It it just, it's tough for me to say that. Um, and and the kids deserve it too. The kids don't deserve to play each other for the third time in a sectional championship when it could be for a state championship, or we all know Glenbard West is the number one team. <laughs> There's no denying it, but yeah. uh, I'm looking down these other 16 teams. Uh, Nutria and GBS are better than, I mean, all of them. There's a case to be made for Winnie Young. Um, I don't know if the uh, normal communities played no teams up here. So it's very difficult. They've only got two losses though. Anyway, but that's enough about that. So uh, Friday is going to be a doozy. Uh, you got to look at the team in front of you. They played each other so many times that the coaches, I mean, what can you say? What are they going to do? I feel like they got to bring something different to the table. I think they know the basics. I mean, you got to stop from GBS's perspective. You can't do what Rolling Meadows did and just key on Jackson Monroe, or else they're going to shoot lights out. Um, you know, you got to face guard Jake Fegan because he's a forty-set. He's the best shooter maybe in the state. On the opposite side, maybe Cooper Norad's the best shooter in the state. So Nutria is not going to give him much, um, or they can't. Um, and Nick Martinelli, God, I love his game, man. He scores so creatively all over the floor. He's going to get his, but can you keep him under 20? Um, if so, I think you got a pretty good chance of victory here. So what can those teams do to stop the stars while also just kind of limiting what the other teams do best? I, they're going to have to work that out because you're going to have moves and counter moves in the, in the game planning process. So I expect to see something a little. Unique. I, I expect Nutrier to show a one-three-one defense, which it does at times to just kind of shock a team out of a groove or um, out of their offensive rhythm. Um, and I expect GBS really to not allow those shots, which they didn't in their last performance. But Nutrier, Fegan, and Kirkpatrick, especially, hit some big
0: mm-hmm.
1: contested jump shots. So um, it's going to be a good one Friday night. It's going to be a packed house. I can't wait.
0: What is it that Nutriar did in their second matchup when they had their full team that really just limited what GBS was going to do? And, um, putting your coaching hat on, I mean, what is GBS going to do to make sure that doesn't happen again?
1: So in their first matchup way back in, in December, um, Norad had a nice game. Um, and so did Martinelli. I, I don't know if Martinelli ever doesn't have a nice game on the offensive end of the floor. Um, but the second time they gave nothing to Norad, uh, Peter Canels was on him like glue, bringing the ball off the floor. Um, he got really no open looks and the, the brief windows of open looks he had, he shoots it and he should, he's, he's, he's in that category where he's got the green light. Um, he missed them. Um, and that has everything to do, I think with Nutrier's pressure defense and him bringing the ball to court, um, Nutrier's, um, ability to, uh, face guard him and switch. Um, so he doesn't get those clean looks off, off rotations. So, uh, I, I think that was really the key. And, um, on the offensive end of the floor, Nutria just got big shots, um, to really put GBS in the hole and they kind of kept him there. And Monroe was Monroe down the stretch. Um, I think he had 11 points in the fourth quarter that one. So I think that's what Nutria did. I think if you're GBS, um, you think about somebody else taking the ball off the floor. Um, I've seen it in sport spurts. Um, But you think about Nick Martinelli bringing the ball up the floor. You think of one of their off guards bringing the ball up the floor um, just to get NORAD maybe, one, a breather, but two, moving him off the ball and off screens more and really trying to, you know, muck up that new Trier defense um, to get open looks, not just for him, but also for R.J. Davis and their other shooters uh, who are plentiful. Um, R.J. Davis has crushed Nutrier both times. I think he's got 10 threes in two games against Nutrier. Um, So they've obviously left him open a little bit and he's knocked them down. Could that happen again? Um, I think that'd be a good start for GBS to get some open looks for their shooters because Martinelli's just going to get his. Um, He's just so creative scoring. I don't know of a defender who can full on stop him. Nutrier does a good job. I think they held him to 15 last time, um, but there is no fully stopping Martinelli.
0: What is the one thing that Nutriere needs to do if it wants to win this game? I know there's more than one, but if you had to say one essential thing that if they don't do this, they're going to lose, what is it? I'm pretty confident in their defense, but they they'll lose if they don't hit their shots.
1: Um, Nights like that for shooting, you know, you live and you die with them. Um, Now, you know, I think if they're completely off, they're smart enough ball players to find different ways to score um, whether that's, you know, Jackson Monroe or, um, running in transition or things like Peter Cannell's driving and kicking things like that. But I mean, if they don't hit at least some of their, their three ball, um, you know, off Monroe kicks or things like that, uh, they could lose that game. Um, well, they can lose it either way, but, um, I think they do need to hit their shots and Fegan, I think specifically needs to get off some good ones because, uh, when he gets hot. Uh, I mean, I really think he's being guarded. Like he's been guarded all year and still shooting 47, 7% is pretty silly to me. I don't know how that happens, but, uh, so you let him go, uh, or he gets off a little, uh, on a little streak here. I think Nutria is in a great position. I just, they'll tell you it's all about their defense and it is, but I have confidence in their defense. I think, I think they need to shoot well, um, to be GBS again.
0: All right. Let's, let's look ahead because we uh, won't be recording until uh, either next Wednesday or Thursday, but um, winner of this game moves on and will likely play uh, Barrington Libertyville. let's say new Trier wins on Friday. Um, I'll get your prediction here in a bit, but um, we tease it a little bit. I, I, I think we're confident that new Trier could be either not that it would be a cakewalk, but I think new Trier has already beat a rolling meadows team that probably is ranked higher than Barrington and Libertyville. So, um, Whoever probably wins this game probably wins the game against Barrington and Libertyville on uh, mo- in Monday night's uh, super sectional at the Forest uh, View Education Center.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. They'll certainly be favored, um, whoever wins Friday night against those teams. Uh, Barrington did just beat Rolling Meadows in the, in the conference championship game. Um, so they're good. Um, but I think both Nutrier and GBS, as we mentioned, is, is, uh, should win, you know, is, would be favored. So in that game, um, you know, you just, you got state next if you're in that game Monday night. So you just, it can't be a, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on what that's called, um, <laughs> a, a, not a sleeper game. What am, what am I trying to say, Mike? Cinderella? No, a game that uh, you kind of overlook.
0: It, I, I'm blanking on it too. It? I can't <laughs> believe we're both
1: playing. We're, we're sports reporters guys.
0: Um, <laughs> you can't, you can't overlook, uh, that game
1: on Monday night. And I think it, it has the potential to be one of those just because you're favored states on deck, a lot of emotion. Um, it just can't, you just can't allow that to happen. You just have to make sure that you're focused and I think both teams will be, but I think it's got that small percentage to, to creep in because Barrington's got nothing to lose at that point they know they're not favored they got stayed on that they're just going to be pushing as hard as they can so um but i think you know either team gb you know titans or the trevians play their game against barrington they're they're winners by by double digits but uh no no cakewalk that's not the right one all right
0: give me give me your prediction what happens on friday night and i also want to know what is your final four when it comes to this four a bracket
1: Oh, love it. Okay. So I think Nutria wins. Um, you know, I, I think both teams are playing well. GBS had a tough one against Niles North, almost lost, should have lost uh, just by the score, uh, kind of the game script, but pushed it out. That was their tough one. Um, and then they took care of Evanston a convincing fashion. So they're playing well too. Um, and both teams playing well. I think it's going to be close, but I think Nutria's defense is the key. I, I think it's better than GBS's defense. Across the board, Um, so I really give Nutrier the advantage there, and I think they're both good shot makers, but um, defense is going to win it. So I'm going to give Nutrier kind of a, let's say, um, 57-53 victory.
0: And what's your uh, what's your final final four here?
1: Here, here we go. I'm going to give it to Nutrier, Whitney Young, Glenbard West. And Bolingbrook. I'm gonna say Bolingbrook makes a run.
0: I, I I can see that team. I, I I think I'm so conflicted because I think that both teams are really good. Both teams have know each other really well. Um, and Nutria sometimes scares me with their hot and cold shooting. and um, obviously they've been hot all season. They, they're lone blemish of the year is losing to Evanston if that's even a blemish but um I I think the game being at GBS might make GBS a slight favorite in this game but um I think Nutrier just based on recency bias they've been dominating they I think they really learned from that Evanston loss and I think I'm going to have um Nutrier winning this game 59 to 57 um I think a last minute shot might even make it for Nutrier and um it's gonna be a heck of a game on Friday. I think those two teams should be playing for a state semifinal, not playing for a sectional final. Um, so I think Nutria wins that game. I think Nutria beats either Barrington or Libertyville. Um, they have the talent for that. Um, and I think Nutria is going to be playing Whitney Young. Um, and I think that should be a really fun matchup down in Champaign um for the state semifinals. And um that should be a lot of fun. And uh Glenbard West is you, a definite going down to the final four. Um, and I think I, I I'll agree with you with Bolingbrook. Brook has been kind of shifty and has been good this year. I don't know enough about normal. Um, nor do I know if they have really played someone that's at the level of Bolingbrook or Oswego East, but I think Bolingbrook will be the last one I have going out there. Um, but not to be a Debbie downer. I mean, maybe we're jumping ahead a week, but <laughs> I, I still think Lombard West is, uh, just such a dominant team, and Glenbard West is—it's it, it, going to be a great story for all the teams that go down to state. And anything can happen. It's March Madness and all that sort of stuff. But Glenbard West has just shown us that it is such a dominant team all season long. And unless something crazy happens, um, I just don't see a way that that team is not winning the state championship this year. Not to be, a, not to go all down on everyone else, and not to be like, "Whoa, what's the point of going down?" But that team is just ridiculous. God.
1: I fullheartedly agree with you. Um, you know, like I said, I've seen them play three times, two full games. Uh, I I think it's the best suburban team I've seen in years. I couldn't even think of another one that's up there. You know, Jalen Brunson-Stevenson seems to come to mind, but I still think they're better. What they put on the floor on both ends, especially the defensive end, man, I think that gets overlooked. Uh, teams cannot penetrate that long, beefy 131 defense. It's unbelievable what they put on the floor and are able to do. And, you know, you see their scores winning by twenty, winning by 30, but you check in on the first half when all their starters are in, they're up, you know, 20, 30 in the first half, every single game. Um, they're unbelievable. I think, I, I think they're the state favorite. I think it'll take a special performance for anybody to beat them, but that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, a team like Nutria or GBS gets super hot Whitney Young uh, just runs the heck out of them and, and also gets hot. Who knows? But uh, they're the favorites for a reason. They've been one-one number one wire to wire. Um, I think the Larkin matchup, if Larkin beats DeKalb, will be fun. I think Lombard West wins it, but Larkin's a very good team and underrated. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm with you.
0: Is there before we end this podcast, is there a better zone defense than the one three one? I I I know obviously everything is dependent on you know your team, the team you're playing and that kind of stuff, but I feel like nothing really shuts down a team like a one-three-one defense. I feel like it just throws people for a loop and they don't really know what to do with the one three one. If if you do it right, no. Right. If you yeah, do if it right it now, one, three, one defense yeah. the right way, I think it's, it's almost impossible to run your offense against it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can have you got to have the personnel and you run it right. It's, it's a very difficult um, offense or defense to, you're going to get some open shots from time to time, but to, to penetrate it, it's uh, very difficult Especially you know, then you, if you got a super fast team, you get them trapping. Oh my goodness. It can, it can be devastating. And um, the way Glenbard West runs it with all their length. And as I mentioned, just overall size, it's, it's man, it's a force field.
0: Right. All right. We're not going to dive too much into the <laughs> into uh, schematics and all that kind of stuff. We've got a long pod. We had a long podcast, but it was a good one. Thanks, as always, to everyone who's listened to the Varsity podcast. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Um, make sure you check out old episodes as well. And make sure you spread the word on everything uh, that's going on with the podcast as you're at these sporting events this weekend and upcoming spring season as well. Make sure you're following Joe. I'm sure he'll be there on Friday night to have you covered for GBS and New Trier. So make sure you're following him and the recordnorthshore.org for all your latest updates. He'll have photos and stories and live updates for you on social media. So make sure you're following him and make sure you follow me at Friday Night Drive for all the latest football information outside of just Loyola and Nutri. We've got some good stuff on them as well, but um, make sure you're following us for all the big picture stuff when it comes to football in the state of Illinois. But uh, for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Have fun at all these games, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya.
1: Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a uh, product of the record Northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.